Hi, and welcome to another episode of Forgotten Cello Music, coming to you from Traveling Cello. Hi, I'm Aaron. Today is episode 34. This is probably an unexpected episode given the project title, Forgotten Cello Music. It is about Beethoven's famous minuet that everybody learns. We'll get into that more later, of course. First, I just want to say a thanks to all those that are listening. My numbers are climbing a little bit. I'm glad that people are listening. I really do hope that it's it's interesting as well as informative. Please, if you wouldn't mind, like and comment on this podcast episode and others too. But not only that, go to my blog and read further. Like, comment on my videos. Like and comment. I would love to hear and see some interaction. It would give me a little bit of uh, a boost in my in my excitement levels. Now to today's episode. Today's episode is Beethoven's Most Famous Minuet, episode 34. A little overview. What is it that is so unplayed about anything Beethoven? Well, probably nothing. Historical progress in music. We're looking at comparing things. Why suddenly play Beethoven? Two voices? Yes, please, especially with two cellos. Uh, satisfying harmony, Baroque compositional style, and then several examples by the likes of Marcello, Gimignani, Trevetto, and even Vivaldi. And a little caveat here, I'm using Italians simply for the reason that the episodes that I have completed so far dealing with the violin cello and its history, a book by Joseph Vasilevsky, I've only gotten up to Italy. I started on Germany, and then I had cello repairs. <laughs> anyway, continuing on. Anybody that has already read my blog about Beethoven's Minuet may find some similarities. That's because I've taken a good portion of it, but I've expanded it and altered it in some little ways and some major ways here and there. Right. Why Beethoven's Minuet? How is it possible that anything by Beethoven can be relatable to my project? Well, after all, the 250-year-old German composer has some of the most played music ever, doesn't it? And then specifically for cello, I would venture to guess that one or more of his five cello sonatas may be his three variations, but definitely one of his five sonatas are featured, uh, it seems to me, on at least half of the cello recitals that are out there, at least of the world-renowned cello players that are out there. Wonderful, wonderful pieces of music, and I'm glad that people are getting to know them and hearing them a lot. Well, in relation to the minuet, this little ditty, have you either played or heard this Beethoven minuet recently? Uh, the minuet I'm talking about, you know the one, the, the one that kids always learn. 
da dee da dee dee do dee do dee do do dee Pardon my singing. That one. And if you don't recall it from my singing or from the description of it, here, take a listen. venture to guess that anyone listening to this podcast has almost certainly heard and probably played this little minuet. Hey, leave a comment the last time you either heard or played this minuet. All right, so the version you hear is an arrangement by myself for two cellos. Now, the association that I bring to the project really is historical progress, you know, a development, a continuation in music. Going back to the masters and and virtually every composer in the Baroque period, you hear a direct influence from the 16 and 1700s, especially with earlier compositions that placed emphasis on pleasing and we'll call it theoretically correct harmonization or historically pleasing harmonies. Everything needs to be done properly and in good taste. You know, the beauty comes through. Although this is a simple and short piece, it displays a knowledge of theory and aesthetics that really are astounding. Yes, it's a, it's a catchy tune and you can hum it, but that doesn't mean that it's simple or not complex, I guess it were, or not... Uh, a higher level piece of music. I mean, it's Beethoven. I'm not sure that he would have settled for anything less than masterful. Maybe. We tend to disregard this little minuet as a children's piece, I, I think. I, I did. I mean, everybody learns it in their, in their musical studies. And by everybody, of course it's a generalization. It is a, it's a cute piece, it's simple, it's easy enough for children to learn, and, and maybe we don't consider it to be a masterpiece. And it may not be up there in the masterpiece like the Eroica Symphony or Beethoven Cello Sonata Number no. 5 in D major or uh, any one of his string quartets or piano sonatas. In complexity, we may not be able to compare it, you know, apples to apples with his cello sonatas, because that's a that's a completely different genre of music in the classical world. It's it's on a different level. It was for a different purpose. I guess it's not serious music. After all, it's a dance. Minuets are meant to be 
pleasing, something you can dance to. It has to be regular. It doesn't have to be boring. And Beethoven certainly does not make his minuet boring. It is, however, a very fine example of an expertly composed piece of music and how you can put it together like Beethoven did. Now that does not explain why I was actually encouraged or why I decided to suddenly post something about Beethoven. I mean, I, every week I, I review something by Bach or Beethoven or whatever the case may be by uh, wonderful masterpieces of composition. Uh, but I don't normally record it to post on my channel or in my social media. Well, here's the reason. I was prodded on by a student's enthusiasm. Yeah, I get inspired by my students, especially when they are, are enthusiastic about something. When you see the, the, the innocent excitement about playing something and doing it well and then getting the reaction from people. I was honestly happy to hear it and impressed by the ability to go through this. So there you have it. I thought about this minuet only because of a student. I would not have done it otherwise. And then I had not yet decided to post anything about it. I first decided, oh, okay, I'm going to do something for them. They. They came to me with this uh, as a special treat, as it were. And I decided I'm going to give them something back. I'm going to play my version for two cellos. It's an arrangement I did. I took the piano part, and I simply played the bass line. I have some pizzicato and some arco in there. And then I shared it with them, and they seemed to be quite happy about that. to figure out what I would and would not play from the part, it began to dawn on me. These two parts that I am playing, because I would play with my solo part, that way I could hear the harmonization, and then I'd play it back to myself, it struck me that the two parts were quite like the Baroque music I have been playing recently. That is to say, the cello sonatas are really two-part compositions. The bass part, the, or the second cello part as I'm presenting them, is a bass line. And then there are figures written underneath that bass line where a keyboard or some sort of chord-making instrument would be filling out the chords and improvising in between notes if they so desire and then a cello part or some other sustaining type instrument would be playing along the actual written part. It really 
began to sink in after recording it all the way through several times. It reminded me a lot even of the two-part inventions where the two parts are meant to be complete in and of themselves and there's plenty of implied harmony of course and the same is true with the Beethoven minuets and these two-part inventions by Bach are the most masterful pieces of music with the minimal amount of polyphonic parts let's put it that way in the Baroque period everything that I've been playing from the Baroque period is this of is of this conception where there's a solo line with a basso continual the bass line is is really quite satisfying all on its own uh, that with the solo line so those two lines together there's there's lots of harmony that is already figured out that will harmonize very sweetly like with thirds and and uh, sixths so i mean this really does bring us back to the forgotten cello music prog project we've heard in my videos and of course in the podcast episodes the most recent ones where the cello solo line is being accompanied by a second cello and that cello part is really the basso continual line written out by the composer without any of the implied harmonies being done up with figured bass and no arpeggiation no chordal figures it's just bare bones and uh it's you know it's very satisfying especially if i could play it perfectly in tune and all the the completeness of these two outer lines uh in the minuet are just just astounding to me i i never would have looked or i i really don't think i would have taken a second look at the minuet had i not been surprised by that student bringing in the minuet to play for me it also dawned on me that baroque music seems to be the favorite era i mean you hear it all over the place i but i i mean you really just have to go out to into the world and and listen if it's not pop music and it is classical music it's generally baroque music that you hear i mean vivaldi four seasons for one and then of course the early um classical period you hear lots of mozart and haydn and such but other than that it's it's mostly baroque it has to be because of this concept where two lines really form beautiful and elegant mu music it, it commands respect because the composers had to put so much thought they really needed to figure out how the two lines would interact with each other and sound beautiful together even the least interesting composers knew a lot about theory so in that regard i'm beginning to respect those lesser composers those those composers that we think of as uninspired and kind of run-of-the-mill boring um background music if you play it at all which is what my project is 100 percent about i have just opened up a window of enlightenment in my own mind uh, i have some musical examples and some have been playing in the background 
some by Benedetto Marcello, uh, Gemignani, Cervetto, and I think I'll insert one by Antonio Vivaldi. Um, his cello sonatas are played a lot. They've been recorded many, many times by hundreds of people. Uh, but again, he's a master, and there's a reason his music is being played and recorded often. So I think it's a good, a good example. The Vivaldi's two parts, the solo line and then the basso continuo without the added chords and arpeggios and such. It's just the implied harmonies of the two lines. It's extremely clear that he really understood theory. He understood the progression and he knew how to lead the ear.
to recompare, listen with new ears. Here's Beethoven's minuet, my version, one more time. very satisfying. I find it very pleasing. You can fill in the harmonies if you wish, and I could choose to play a second accompanying part where I would, I don't know, play a arpeggiated things or maybe even strum kind of like a, a therbo. A therbo is a, an instrument from the lute family. It has an extremely long neck many more strings. And of course you could just get a keyboard instrument to play along with you. In conclusion, I would have to say, isn't this evidence of the continuation and development of music? Beethoven is continuing on in a long tradition of techniques that work. Anyway, in regards to my forgotten cello music pro project, this little deviation 
from a strict following of underplayed or neglected music was, I would say, it was worth the time. For me, it was eye-opening and worth, worth the time. The palette is rich. Now, to my satisfied self, the beauty of this music has been discovered. Up to this point, it had remained a sore, something that I just didn't appreciate. This minuet is not only a catchy and hummable tune, <laughs> but it's appreciated. The pleasantness of it is only enhanced by the discovery of the near completeness of the two-part version. This recording for two cellos arranged by me, Aaron, at Traveling Cello, has been an exploration in the continuation and development of the legacy of classical music. Coming up later, I do plan and have been planning to make an episode that is mostly about the music at the end of the Broderip and Wilkinson cello treaties. Lots of cello duets there, written specifically for two cellos, and plenty of cello solos too. I hope you will join me for the next installment, and please write uh, a message, send a message, like, like this episode, it would be much appreciated. I hope you have a good day and remember to play more forgotten cello music. <laughs>